0: Welcome to the Doubled Up Podcast, the weekly podcast talking all things trainers, sneakers, kicks, creps, whatever you call them, wherever you are in the world. I'm Matt, and with me as he is every single week, Scott. Scott, how you doing, mate?
1: It's happened. It's happened. What's happened? Heating's gone on.
0: Oh, shit. <laughs> really?
1: Yeah. It happened this week. There was a moment, I think I said to you last week, uh, my new job, I work from home and it it gets to like three o'clock in the afternoon and for some reason, this house, fucking freezing and Mm. I could could see my breath and at that point, I was sat there and I was like, I think it needs to happen. I think it needs to go on and uh, yeah. You can tell that you are
0: new to working from home, my friend. You can tell this is a whole new experience. Like, just from that alone I can tell that you're not used to being sat at home working at two three o'clock in the afternoon when there's probably been no heating in the morning no heating in the afternoon Mm -hmm. yeah at this point I'm like hardened to the core like even pre-lockdown and things like this I was working from home before I feel like I've got like five or six years (laughs) under my belt of like my body's used to being cold at three o'clock in the afternoon so I just throw a blanket over myself and I'm like, Yep, cool, I'm done. I can get past this couple of hours. It will warm up in the evening. It's fine. Um, poor Scott. Poor Scott, heat yeah. so did, if if there's no heating there's no heating on, it doesn't get warm in the evenings either. Like... I, it, it, see, we haven't put the heating on, but we have we to... Like, basic, basically, we've understood that it's now starting to get into winter and clothes are starting to dry a lot slower, right? a yeah. so we've kind of like got a bit of a heated um drying rack that we've put on so normally like if we're drying our clothes we just put it like on a drying rack in the living room so we've got the heated drying rack on oh uh, like, so you shot... have got the heating on but just in now, a it's got different the manner in. it's an electric <laughs> heat drying rack
1: <laughs> but you sit uh, around kind of yeah warming basically your hands yeah i sit right next to it with my
0: blanket it. and my fleece and that that, that does <laughs> that does it for now that does it for now But. uh The thing is, you're you're on the
1: top floor. I assumed that with everyone else probably putting their heating on, that you would just kind of benefit from the rise of the heat. Scott, you've been in my flat.
0: You know that is a complete lie. It's fucking freezing in this flat. Um, But hey-ho. I I was being hopeful. (laughs) Well, well, so so was I. The last flat I was in was basically bottom floor. It was technically second floor, but there was no one under us. It was just like the archway to the car park. So when we moved into this one, we were like, oh, my God, this is going to be amazing. We never have to put our heating on. Nope. Turns out we have to put our heating on the second it gets cold. So, yeah, I've become my my soul is now made of ice. And because of that, I no longer actually need heating in my life. But talking of my flat, um, we're going to in a second talk about some latest pickups. And I suppose uh, an early latest pickup for me is that... uh, I extended my tenancy agreement today. So hey, let's celebrate me. I'm still I'm still living in Wimbledon for another couple of years, Scotty boy. No one's moving oh, yeah. anytime soon.
1: Exciting times, exciting times.
0: Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm London Wimbledon now through and through. Um, but uh, we'll move on to some proper latest pickups in in just a second. But Scott. Um, Off the back of our conversation last week, last week we very much went on a a little bit of a rant about uh, Christmas sandwich meal deals. Um, Something has happened to me this week that has completely shocked me to my core and I've deliberately held this information from you for the last three days ready for this podcast and... I feel as if in my head I've turned this into really, really big news, but I feel as if you're going to completely underreact to it. And are you ready for this massive news, in my opinion? Go on, go on. I think the best Christmas sandwich on the market is the Lidl Turkey Feast Sandwich.
1: Okay. okay. So, have, you, have you got evidence for this? Yes,
0: I've had it every day for the last 3 days and it's fucking brilliant.
1: Um, <laughs> what have you you've lived off nothing else.
0: No, honestly, just, just it's the fantastic sandwich. I tell you what, I don't a, a lot of people that listen to this will probably do exactly the same, but there are certain things. If I go to Lidl and Aldi for shopping, for anyone that's outside of the UK that has no idea what Lidl and Aldi is, um, it's just a very very cheap um, like just yeah, supermarket basically, grocery store. Um there are certain things I will be happy to buy from there. Certain things I stay away and keep at like, a very long arm's length. And sandwich stuff is very much st- like something that I stay away from in Aldi and Lidl. Like I just, for whatever reason, for years and years, yeah. I've not trusted their prepackaged <laughs> sandwiches. I will definitely never trust Lidl sushi. That is definitely something <laughs> that I'm never going to buy. But we were in Lidl the other day.
1: The Germans can't make sushi.
0: No, definitely. It's not something that I trust. I'm sorry. Fantastic fantastic veg, fantastic meat, great snacks, Christmas stacks. Stolen, yes, sign me up, please. Um, but no, don't trust Lidl Sushi. Anyways, the other day we were in Lidl and seeing as I've put it upon myself after last week's podcast to find the best Christmas sandwich on the market... I felt like I had to try it just for the experiment. In fact, Hannah actually convinced me. She was like, well, if you actually want to see what the best Christmas sandwich is, you have to try the shit ones as well, right? So it was £1.99, and I thought, I've spent £2 on worse things in my life, so fuck it, I'll buy a Christmas sandwich. Oh my God, it's amazing. The turkey, (laughs) great chunks. Bacon, there's a shitload of it. The stuffing is actual stuffing that tastes like... From a genuine stuffing. roast dinner, like, yeah, <laughs> you know how sometimes st- the stuffing in Christmas sandwiches is just kind of like stuffing flavoured mayo almost, like, it's just basically like yeah. a sauce rather than this is like thick clumps of stuffing.
1: I, I, on that Beautiful point, that's cramping. a fucking con. If you see stuffing flavoured mayo, which is a thing, utter shite. don't buy us.
0: Yeah, well, you don't have to get that from Lidl, my friend. One pound ninety nine, and I'm genuinely convinced that for value, value for money and taste. It could be the best Christmas sandwich on the market right Ooh. now, and I'm absolutely bamboozled <sighs> about it. I, I still don't know how to feel about it, to be honest. See,
1: I kind of forget that Aldi and Little do the uh, the kind of the meal deal takeaway sandwiches because
0: you don't ever want to buy it. No one wants to buy them from Little. I wonder but... why.
1: There must be a reason as to why that you walk past them and you look at it and you go, "Ooh, <laughs> there's something dubious yeah. about it," and I, I don't know why. Don't trust, like I say, don't trust them. They they feel like. Uh, yeah, they're, they're going to do something to you. I don't know why. There's no real I, logic to it.
0: No, there isn't at all. Like It is silly. Because uh, the, the stupid part of that is that I will walk past the sandwiches, in my head go, oh, why would anyone buy that? And then I walk directly to their deli counter, and I will then buy sandwich filling to make my own sandwich <laughs> full of Lidl contents. Yeah. It makes zero sense whatsoever. But yeah. yeah, anyone that lives near a Lidl or is venturing out to Lidl this week, try the Turkey Feast Sandwich. And let but me know see, what you think because trust me, f- you won't regret it. I
1: feel like we need to try the Aldi one now though because uh, I feel like that that's the direct competitor, isn't it? That is, I feel yeah. like you know I I feel Tesco, Sainsbury's, all them, um, they they've kind of maybe they've just they've kind of rested on their laurels a bit too much. They've thought we've we've got this market sewn up and now yeah. the Germans are invading and uh, it's they're taking over um, well, you, you, in the form kind of Christmas of, sandwiches. You've kind <laughs> but, of made.
0: You kind of make Christmas sandwiches sound a little bit like World War Two now, but um, we'll avoid that. I mean, um, I, I, but yeah, I, I, like,
1: I feel like Waitrose would do a decent sandwich. They must do a nice upper class Christmas sandwich. I, feel I like think so.
0: They it. might do. They might do. Um,
1: I feel like I need. I mean, I know I'm going to go to Lidl and probably Waitrose at some point, mainly because Waitrose gives us free parking to go into town, which means we and they do really inevitably. good
0: almond croissants.
1: Well, the, yeah, ooh, all right, bloody hell, pushing the boat out. But the problem is, what happens is we need to go in and buy something in order to get the free parking. So we normally go in and get ourselves like a nice baguette, and uh, end up kind ooh. of uh, using that. But it's, it's always nice to have a nice French French stick. Um, so yeah maybe, yeah, maybe I'll use the Christmas, Christmas sandwich as the excuse to um, to get the free parking this time. Yeah. Well, this is. I feel like we need we need to compare them now.
0: Since our, since our, I've just remembered actually, since our last podcast, um, I was venturing off to see family and uh, last time we uh, recorded, this time last week, Scott, I was down on the dumps that I uh, had missed out on Glastonbury coach tickets, wished it into existence, didn't I? Picked up a fucking Glastonbury ticket on Sunday, so uh, I'm a very, very happy boy, but en route to my family's. Um, that, I, that that's who I saw last weekend. Which by the time you guys listen to this, it would have actually been two weekends ago. I did try an M and S Christmas sandwich en route, and I tell you what, I can objectively say, Lidl was better than M and S. So there we go. Ooh, already knocking off up. the fancy pantses of the
1: world. I, say, I, I know we're kind of ten minutes in, and normally we've gone past this already, but you did have, you did have a busy weekend. You uh, yeah, you got you got your Glastonbury tickets, and yep. then uh, you you seemingly just snuck in the back door of Crep City and appeared there.
0: Yeah, that was so basically I I bought a Crep City ticket a little while ago um but realized immediately after buying a Crep City ticket that I was supposed to be going to Hannah's nan's 80th birthday. Um bearing in mind Crep City is in London and the birthday event was in Honiton so Devon. Um and it was a whole like weekend of seeing family. Went up on the Friday night, stayed at my mum's in Dorset. Then we went on to Honiton, came back, stayed at my mum's again in Dorset, then drove back to London. And I just about managed to kind of like get back um, and with enough time to go and see some people at Crepe City. So it was kind of like a hmm, will I, won't I. I think we ended up getting back from London at like one, two o'clock. So I ended up getting to Crepe City for about three ish. Um, spent a couple of hours walking around there. Was very impressed this week, uh, this week, sorry, this year with the selection of of shoes like there weren't as there weren't as many like generic tables of panda dunks uh, (laughs) and and 350s like of course there were still a couple but there was a lot of other stalls that we spent a little bit of time on like looking at because a lot of them i went with mark julia um shout out previous guests of the podcast um and A lot of it was like basketball shoes, right? Like old kind of or or older retro basketball shoes. And there was a lot of stuff that was really, really cool. We saw a DeMar DeRozan Kobe 1 PE that was selling for five grand. um, And it was a very, very unique shoe. We also saw a pair of New York Yankees foam posits that are apparently a... uh, It was one of four pairs in the world, um, which was really cool to see. But again... A lot of the stuff that was there was like used Air Maxes, used yeah. basketball shoes. There was a lot of used stalls there, which I was really surprised cool. about. Um, yeah, lots of SB like used SB dunk stalls, like Sneaker Den was there, and um, other a couple of other um, dunk stores. So yeah, it, it didn't seem like it was full of the same fifteen pairs of shoes on every single stall which was actually really nice to look around at like all of us were saying that we were really impressed with the stalls this year
1: nice yeah well, it's it certainly like from what i saw and the people that were um, advertising to be there it seemed like there was some new faces and yeah yeah it seemed it, it looked like a good event there's there's obviously quite a lot happening you've got that and then you've got sneaker con and you've got laces out there's but it yeah. does seem to be it, it seems to be shifting slightly i think people realized they were getting bored of what was there because it was very samey samey and it was a bit uninspiring to be fair
0: yeah so, the last um, the last couple of Crep cities i have felt as if like you're using Crep city as an excuse to see people and actually you don't give a shit what's on the table because it is just going to be the same generic stall over and over and over again whereas this time as much as it initially started as oh i'll pop down for a couple of hours and see some friends it ended up actually we were genuinely interested with what was on the tables and that never happens, and again, it was actually quite reasonably priced, of course, there was a lot of stuff over retail, and of course, there were some very expensive shoes there. but there were a couple of decent pairs that were floating around the like should i shouldn't I type price like I went there mm-hmm. not wanting to buy anything. I didn't buy anything, but there were a couple of pairs there that I was like, "Oh that I could take that home like there was a couple yeah. of old pairs of s b dunks in my size, and you know I've been saying in in the last couple of months, Scott that. I'm kind of regretting that I'd got rid of some of my dunks kind of a couple of years ago. Yeah, There were a couple of pairs that I was like, maybe I could probably take these home and actually that's not a bad price. Um, But I was strong. Mm. I didn't buy anything. But you bought something this week. Tell the listeners what you bought.
1: I did. I did buy something this week and I I kind of foreshadowed it last week when I picked it as the sleeper pick. Um, But yes, I did manage to pick up the Sorkany, Times Sorkiny, Um Shadow 6000, Space Fight, not Flight. Some places had it down as flight, some places had it down as fight, but on the nice spacey box, it says Space Fight. Ooh, I so, like it. Um, yeah, um, I like yeah, it so, even
0: more that it says fight. Yeah, it's an aggressive it's, yeah. shoe.
1: Well, I guess it's like say it's a combination of like three shoes together, so it was kind of a... Yeah, works. And I like the fact it came in like a nice little kind of spacey box, which was pretty cool. Um, That's cool. But yes, these shoes... I mean, I'm not going to go into... massive. We kind of explained them last week, but the one thing about this pair is the detail on these is... I mean, just going across the shoe, if I'm kind of going from like left to right, so to speak. Um, I had a few people ask if they were mismatched from the pictures I put up. They're not mismatched. It's basically the medial and the lateral side are different um now you know you've got suede on kind of the majority of the shoe but then you've got kind of gray tpu panel you've got metallic 3m kind of moon pattern on the other sides the level of detail and the quality the suede on these is just i actually just before um i kind of logged on to zoom to kind of start this lovely podcast i was i got some of the other pairs out that i was like this is really high quality suede and i was like i wonder how it matches up the the butteriness of this suede is just next level it's just insane um it's just it, it's so there's so much going on on this pair it really shouldn't work but annoyingly it does um and it's it's just so well executed like the mudguard on the back being like two levels of grey, but then it's just the, the nice one at the bottom has got... It's almost like...
0: Like a like, star like, pattern. Like the
1: surface of the moon. It, it's like, yeah. yeah. Um, the colours, again, it, it's just all... They are phenomenal. Um, and the more I look at them, the more I, I like them. Because um, I, I got them out of the box and I was like, oh, are these a bit mad? And then I kind of put them on my feet. And this is my first Sorkani, so I'm kind of exploring it all. But... I don't know what it is. I put them on my feet, and they make my feet look kind of smaller, which I quite like because I got big ass got feet, fucking
0: massive feet. <laughs> so, yeah.
1: so I was like, "Ooh," and I did. I put them on with like just some black cargos, and then put them on with some. And the thing is, because there's so many fucking colors going on on this shoe, black cargos works. You could put them on with like a pair of beige cargos, like camel color works. Yeah, uh, it, they work with pretty much anything because you can match them up. Um, I'm I'm very impressed, and I think. For a fact that I know it's a Saucony times Saucony, but basically it means that it's just a special in-house Saucony project. This is like what you'd expect from collab level New Balance in terms of quality. Like it, it's quite amazing, really. And I know I kind of saw some reviews. I think I mentioned last week about Sean Go. He did some reviews of um, Kitsune Pack, um, and it, again, it's just a, a high quality it's almost similar to the hanami in terms of the kind of inspiration and he was like the quality of them is phenomenal and yeah these are exactly the same in fact it's actually got a little label that comes attached that says you might not run in these but the colors will so keep these kicks dry as the colors may bleed and oh okay yeah i think the suede is that high quality um you probably don't want to mess this up too much um, no but they are, yeah, mad, and but mightily... Like, these are some head turners. If you're walking down yeah. the street in a pair of these, um, yeah. And at the moment, the only... I know SNS raffle was delayed. Hannon had them on their site, which is where I picked them up from. But I haven't seen these appear anywhere else yet, which I was surprised by, because Sorkin, there's normally a few sites in the UK that kind of have them pop up. But, yeah, seem to be... I bought my pair a size 11 at about half five in the morning when the dogs woke me up and the second i purchased my pair i got a note i went back on the site as i refreshed um my order and the 11 had sold out so unless i mean it might be that i bought the only 11 i don't know or it might
0: be that other people it might have just been a coincidence that you and yeah um Yeah. yeah
1: i don't know what stocks like on them but they are I'm very impressed the sheer quality alone on these is just yeah absolutely amazing um puts most of the pairs I've picked up this year to shame in terms of quality
0: and I think yeah they look really really good I think I said when we spoke about them like on a shelf I think they're a beautiful shoe um not necessarily something I would reach and and pick up myself it's one of those shoes that I would be like this is one of my favourites, but I very rarely wear. Does that make sense? Mm, yeah, yeah. But I think y- you are right. Like, with the right outfit, it would could be quite easy. Because there's so many colours, you can match it with almost anything. Like, if you- you're right. Mm. If you wore those with black cargoes and a white T-shirt, it would look good. Black T-shirt would look good. Orange T-shirt, pink T-shirt, red T-shirt, blue T-shirt. Because it's got all yeah. those different colours in it, you could match any colored t-shirt almost with the shoe because it's like oh well that makes sense because there's an orange panel on the side or there's a pink Mm. toe box or there's like a a a kind of tiffany like bit by the laces so you you could probably it's it's one of those shoes that's almost so loud you could wear it with anything um weirdly but, yeah, no, I think, again, chuck those on with a pair of jeans and a plain T-shirt, different colour cargoes, things like this. Yeah, I can see right. it being weirdly wearable. So I'm, yeah. I'm glad you got a pair. It's, I think it's oh. all, I always like it when we pick something like that for a sleeper and then one of us grabs it because yeah, um, it, it means that we can talk about it a little bit more firsthand. Again, we, we see all these pictures and we talk about these shoes in Double Up, Double Down, but until sometimes you see them in hand, you don't realise how impressive they are. So it's cool that you've managed to get them and actually everything we were saying last week was 100% true.
1: Yeah, and I, the thing is it's nice because it, the one thing about this is like you've it comes with blue and white star laces which again adds to the kind of madness of it all. But it also comes with a really nice almost like teal green pair of laces that matches up with everything beautifully and again it tones the shoe down a bit more if you do... If you're not a fan of the kind of the bright star laces, which I must admit, I I might do the lace swap on them. Um, it, yeah, it's just I'm just really surprised. Like, and I guess it opens my eyes up to brands like Saucony that I hadn't previously looked at um, because they are. If they if this is what they're producing, um, yeah. And there's been a lot of pairs. I know you've said kind of I'm really into Saucony at the moment, but there just seems to be more and more pairs that keep catching my eye that they're releasing. They're doing the pair, the um, hair and the tortoise. That's released. The hair uh, looks really good. The tortoise con- looks good
0: the, well as well, but the 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 um, hair, um, the, hair looks the a lot nicer. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, obviously, we had the end um, collaboration that everyone that got them was like again crazy. Yeah, the fried but chicken really good. Um, I think Saucony had a, a, a bit of a sleeper hit this year in terms of brands. Like, I think in terms of what they're producing. Um, I mean, if you're into your runners, they've done a better job than Adidas this year.
0: Well, that ain't hard, is it?
1: Well, I need to say that, but um, I won't. I won't cast the net too wide. But yeah, they are. Um, yeah, they're. They're. I'm. I'm very impressed. Um, very, very impressed. Yeah, I think Saucony is is a brand that I need to definitely start looking at more.
0: No, I I hundred percent. Actually, that leads us quite nicely into our question of the week this week. Which is from at Ollie Tiley. Thank you very much, uh, Ollie, for submitting your question. Um, Ollie's actually asked us how has your taste in sneakers evolved over the years. So, Scott, you're saying there that even in the last week or so, couple of weeks, you're having more of an eye on Saucony. How else has your taste in sneakers evolved over the years?
1: Um. I mean, I think we've touched on this, Miners, I think it's still it, it's, it seems to have gone in a bit of a cycle, to be fair. So, it started out in Adidas Terra shoes, evolved into kind of the more popular things as you kind of at uni and you've got, you know, mates that are into kind of higher fashion and stuff and Jordans and Dunks and stuff like that. And then and and just got into I I like to be comfortable (laughs) so my fits went from being like slightly fitted and skinnier to baggier and nice comfy adidas runners and um yeah that type of shoe so I've got like I mean air maxes were a a relatively new one um again bit of a bit of a stigmatism I guess around air maxes growing up because people that wore them it took me a while to come around to the 95s and the 90s and the the air max ones so yeah the, again but the, the air max one is is a good comfortable shoe um new balance was a pair like i say 574s seven fours have always been knocking around in in my collection um it's just grown now that new balance popularity has grown and they've come around it, it, you know it's happened but now into especially like I, I I'm a big fan of Adidas and I love the runners and stuff they do but now I've got to blame the guests that we've had on um, dragging me back into the kind of the world of the terrace shoes because there's so many that I'm looking at now and I think the terrace shoes has been the strongest point of Adidas this year I think yeah, everything else has fallen by the wayside I think they've it hasn't been good enough um, but the terrace shoes has been amazing i mean we just had the sns gt um the next pair teased by they look S&S. really good that hairy suede I've, yeah.
0: I've said it the whole i've said it all year that the sns gt like city series has been the best thing that adidas has been producing in recent mm. like months like every single yeah. one of those sns gt pairs looks fantastic well, obviously you've got the, the the pair that dropped last year that was the um, like Arsenal inspired pair. You had the other pair last year that was the white with the blue stripes. You've then had mm-hmm. LA. You've had New yeah. York. You've had was it Tokyo? So, that was purple?
1: Yeah, Tokyo. They've had Paris. Um, yep. They had the London, which was the kind of the Arsenal bruised banana pair. Yeah. Um Yeah. And I, the thing is, they have done like there have been some really nice ones. Um, they've got the um, sporty and rich collaboration. Um, the sambas they've done in that are. Oh, again, absolutely beautiful. Um, killed it in that yeah, regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... That
0: was the it's the white and green pair, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they look really and there nice. there are I some really those... nice ones.
1: Yeah. There's um, in the state series pack that you know you'd be. I wouldn't blame you if you had absolutely no clue what was in that pack because absolutely awfully um, distributed and drops. But the glacier pair that they're doing um, for Alaska, the kind of the sale with the light blue stripes again. Yeah. Beautiful. They're really nice. This is the thing I've just been drawn back into the territory. I think they, they've just done, they've had a really strong year. Um, but like I say, it's still evolving. There's still other brands kind of peer in their head. Like I say, can he be in one of them? Deodora, the collate Deodora that have just been teased. They look really good. I think they're a bit too hairy for me, to be honest. They're, uh, they've had a hell of a trim on them. Um, But yeah, it's one of the, I think, I think we all go through the the pattern of kind of you fall into it in one way, you inevitably get sucked into the hype, whatever's hype at the time, whether it be, like I say, New Balance now, or whether it be Jordan's and that, and then you kind of come out of it and eventually kind of find your groove as to what you really like. For me, I'm looking around now and I I like a bit of everything, I've, I've got it all here, but I know some people that will kind of come out and be like, "Actually, why did I ever buy all this shit and just sell them all?" And um, so yeah, me
0: every few months.
1: Yeah, I was going to say mine. I feel like because I'm so varied, like it's never a surprise if I pick a brand up because it's like I've got a bit of everything. Whereas like with you, when you picked up your first Air Max, we were like, "Holy flying!" Like, what the fuck's going on here? Like, holy shit. Um, yeah you you've you're a bit more fleeting um, and yeah we've, we've said this
0: yeah we've said this over the last couple of weeks like especially um, for me I definitely just go in and out of whatever I'm feeling at the time and that is normally how my taste in sneakers evolve and usually and again I've spoken about this on previous episodes it's normally like my fashion sense that draws a lot of those decisions it's like what i like what i think looks cool at the time like i'm not one of these collectors that is like die by the sword air max 1 fan or i'm not someone that needs every colorway of jordan 1 or like i'm even if i am absolutely ready to like fly the flag for any brand in the back of my mind i always know it's going to be temporary to a certain degree because as my taste in fashion changes and personal circumstances are a big driver as well like that's also something that evolves my taste if we think back to even the inception of this podcast right like when we first started this podcast i was very much all in on zx and one of the biggest things that drew me to zx in the first place was number one thought they looked cool number two they were very easy to access at the time still are really like a lot of the big collaborations that were coming out. I didn't have to worry about waking up at eight o'clock in the morning, going on sneakers and getting the heartbreak that every other person did for every other Duncan's whatever release back then. Um, I know that I could just know, right. So-and-so is dropping on Friday. I can wake up at eight o'clock in the morning, go on my phone. There's going to be plenty of websites that are all going to have stock. Um, And they were affordable. Like, if you think about it, when this podcast started, ZXs were £100, maybe £110 if it was a collab. Like, they were a really cheap shoe. Now, as the podcast then carried on, like, we started this podcast in November 2020. Even Christmas 2020, I got my first pair of Made in England, the original... Uh, new balance 920s that all of a sudden opened up my eyes to new balance and Mm -hmm. from a financial standpoint by all means I wasn't rolling in it then but I had a little bit more disposable income so for me it then opened up my eyes that I don't need to spend a 100 pounds on a pair of shoes maybe I can venture to 160 170 and like when I first got into like when I when the 920 dropped a 920 now is like £200 retail. But when it first released as a made-in-UK shoe, it was £160 to £170. Most of them hit the sales. So that personal circumstance allowed me to evolve my taste in sneakers as well because now all yeah. of a sudden I do have the disposable income. I can spend £170 on a pair of shoes. Mm. At the minute, where my taste in sneakers is coming from is complete value for money. Like We've been talking about this for months now and it's something the whole nation is talking about us being in a cost of living crisis. Unfortunately, this hobby that we have of buying sneakers involves you spending money. And even a cheap pair of shoes is maybe like 80 to 100 pounds. So for me, how my taste of, of sneakers has evolved really recently is what can I get that's good value for money? Or actually, what can I get that I'm going to like for less? Where I do flip quite quickly I don't want to have to spend 200 pounds on a pair of new balances that I could potentially sell in a year's time I'd rather spend a pair I'd rather spend a 100 pounds on a pair that I might sell in a couple of years time like what I've been really struggling not to enter for this week is the Kentucky and the Syracuse dunks I spoke to Julia um, at Crep City she picked up her pair and she said that the Syracuse dunks are exactly the same quality as the 2020 pair that dropped a couple of years ago. Yeah. And for me, I was like, oh, okay, well, that now confirms that this is a 100-pound shoe that is probably 100 pounds worth of quality rather than, at the minute, the dunks that are like five pounds worth of quality that are 100 pounds. Yeah, more. yeah. So I've really struggled. We've had a couple of late releases for me to be like, oh, maybe I should get the Syracuse dunks. Like, I didn't get those two years ago. I kind of kicked myself for going Kentucky over Syracuse. But the driver there is it's a cool pair of shoes mm. that is only £100. So I know I've gone on a little bit of a tangent there, but there's so many... Like, for me, how my taste in sneakers has evolved is the way I dress is very, very different, the way that I... Like, the disposable income I have is very, very different, and that is normally going to be the big thing that drives me.
1: Yeah. No, I, I did completely agree. Like, this is the thing. It, it, I look at it at the moment, and I know people are going mad for specific releases but you know you 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 have to somewhat prioritize and yeah sometimes yeah it's one of those do you spend money on um you know like say a pair that you'll sell in a few years time and like with you i mean it's probably a relative certain that it probably will get sold in like a year
0: there are only a select few of shoes at the minute in the collection that i know are there for the long run like even at the minute again i've I've said in the previous episodes about how i've completely fallen off a cliff with zx there's still a handful of pairs i'm never going to get rid of i'm never going to get rid of the overkill zx 10,000. beautiful shoe love the nostalgia that is inspired by the game boy um the yozakura pack both the hanami and the yozakura that has a very big sentimental value for me because that hanami especially is essentially the shoe that brought us together to do this mm-hmm. podcast so that Hanami yeah. even if I never wear it again in my life I will always keep that shoe yeah. because it has that sentimental attachment and because it's the pack I've got the Yosakura as well the other side of that why would I get rid of one like I've got the pack that's a cool thing to have they're both beautiful shoes that being said there's also shoes that I was raving about not too long ago something like maybe the Sean Weatherspoon ZX8000 I could quite easily sell that tomorrow and not batter an eyelid and like that's yeah. something that yeah. I If you if you'd asked me when that shoe first came out, I was so hyped on that shoe when it came out, but it's just not something that, from a aesthetic point of view, I'm not that bothered about anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, trends
1: change, and you know, you can again, like I say, it's hard. I've, I've, you know, I defy anybody to not say they haven't been sucked in buy something and people can say oh yeah but i have always really loved jordans and i still love jordans yes but what about all those new balance 990 v3s that you bought in the past year just because they're teddy santas inspired like it's a very yeah. different shoe um and it, it will happen it's inevitable that it'll happen um it's just um yeah how like say if you go in the cycles and stuff what happens but no it's um yeah it, it's an interesting one it'd be interesting to see how other people's has changed through the years and what kind of got them into it. And because some people, like I said, get coming through say Air Max and just stick to Air Max.
0: Oh yeah. Don't 100%. even
1: venture down on the routes. Um, i find amazing like I I, 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 I I in a way i'd love to have the dedication to do that <laughs> to say i'm not buying oh, yeah, anything 100%, 100%, other than yeah. this brat this silhouette but I oh, just, we spoke yeah. about it
0: we spoke about it what it was either last episode or the episode before that and i said that i almost feel sorry for those people but at the same time i'm almost jealous of those people because the people that buy one silhouette for the rest of their lives means that it's really really easy for you if we don't have an air max one anniversary and there ain't many air max ones coming out you haven't got a lot to pay for. Yeah. Um, but when there is an Air Max 1 anniversary and there's a shitload of really good pairs coming out, now all of a sudden you're having to potentially scrape the bottom of the barrel to get pairs. So it's, um, yeah, I think there's there's so many things that can um, evolve other than create uh, a change in your taste for sneakers. Um, but yeah, that's, that's for me, that's it. I'm also really enjoying simplicity at the minute. I really like... Um, Kind of simplicity in the shoes that i'm wearing i like kind of just nice plain colors that's a big mm. thing as well at the minute unlike right. the shoe that you've just talked about where there's a hundred colours
1: i was gonna say complete opposite complete opposite fair, like i've got some mad pairs in here but a lot of the pairs that i do wear at the moment are yeah very simple very yeah. kind of plain but yeah you need a bit of madness every now and then i still you know every you every, every
0: now and then you feel a little bit frivolous and decide to uh, yeah, push the feel button a little bit out, fruity hey, feel a little bit fruity well on that we should probably move on to our first main segment of the podcast and that is shoes rounds for those of you that have no idea what shoes round is uh, every single week we spend a little bit of time looking back on some of the biggest news stories that have happened in the wonderful world of footwear um, and give our takes on it basically uh, it is me taking shoes rounds this week so without further ado I'll pass over to me for shoes rounds <laughs> Right, Scotty boy. Um, I have my suit on. I am ready to be lead anchor for shoes around this week. Uh, this week, and surprise, surprise, we have more Adidas news. Um, it was announced earlier on this week from Adidas that they have plans to still use Yeezy designs as early as next year. This is something that we speculated uh, a little while ago when the news dropped that Adidas had split ways with Ye. Um, but uh, in a statement, Adidas have basically said that as early as 2023, they are going to continue to use uh, Yeezy designs, colorways, etc. We already mentioned uh, when the split happened with Yay that they... Um, had all of the kind of intellectual property there and they had the uh, kind of rights to colorways and designs and things like this. It's just the Yeezy brand that they actually didn't have any sort of rights to. So yeah, Adidas are basically hoping or looking to continue to use Yeezy-based product but without the Yeezy title, uh, essentially. Now, the brand said it will save $300 million euros in royalty payments and marketing fees after cancelling its deal with Yay, because <laughs> essentially every single 350 that gets sold and there's millions of them every single year a certain percentage of that has to go to Kanye right of yeah. course now it's not going to do that um, but it's very very interesting uh, I'm not 100% sure how I feel about it. Um, it I think it would be really interesting to see how the market reacts to this because Part of me thinks it's smart for Adidas because these are tried and tested silhouettes and people still want 350s, people still want 500s, people still want 700s, but actually did people want them because they had Yeezy on them and actually are now people not going to want to affiliate themselves with Ye because of the remarks that he's made publicly, right? So for me, we've already kind of spoken a lot about this story over the last couple of weeks for me it's going to be in i'm interested to see how the market reacts are we going to see essentially adidas 350 v2s or however they package it in the new year are we going to see them sit on shelves because people still associate it with Kanye and therefore don't want to touch it with a barge pole or is this new iteration going to become the new hottest thing and are we going to get like the boost takeover 2.0 i don't know
1: no, I, I yeah, it, it's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see what happens, but I must admit, I, I yeah, I, I think, I don't know. I don't think it's going to have the same impacts. I don't think. I think the first drop will, because everyone will be like, it's the first one without you. Yeah, blah blah blah. After that, I mean, seeing what they've done with. Yeezy in colourways, etc. Um, if what Kanye is saying is true and he didn't kind of put them out there, um, the future probably doesn't look particularly great with these bright red and bright blue versions of Yeezys because they're a bit... Yeah, um, Yeah, I think it is going to be a bit of a see and wait. I genuinely can't really predict what no, will happen so in this instant. I think it, they're, they're good shoes and like I say, they will go down as classics, but I think without that Yeezy branding will it hold the same weight in people's minds I, I really don't know
0: yeah it's it's going to be an interesting one and it also depends how they roll it out like are they going to think of this right fresh start we're going to bring out we're going to put it under a new name it's not going to be called the 350 v2 we're also going to have a brand new colorway because we don't want to associate with yay or they can go the complete opposite way and they could just release an adidas ass 350 v1 turtle dove and i i'm i'm so interested to see when that happens right because if they have all of the rights to these iconic colorways when we see the adidas 700 wave runner drop are people going to care as much is it going to all of a sudden become like you know how like there are certain shoes that like Nike shoes that there was a factory issue and like the Nike logos were upside down. Like, are people going to lose their shit because they're going to have a mm, Adidas yeah. own branded 700, like Wave Runner, or um, is everyone going to look at it almost like it's a fake shoe because it doesn't have the Yeezy tag on it? Like, that's the thing that I'm interested yeah. in.
1: I I wonder because uh, I'm trying to think like what what they could do to drum up interest and i'm sat here thinking if they own the the silhouettes and they own adidas yeezy 350 v2 times fear of god times Sean it could y- all it of could, a sudden yeah. you, you could you could essentially have these multi collaborations so to speak obviously they're not because they are adidas shoes but I mean, that could be a that could be an interesting way of trying to keep it up because, I mean, if you let Jerry Lorenzo do his thing in the simplicity kind of realm with the shoes, it, I, I think Sean Wotherspoon would absolutely butcher any, any oh, model Jesus, like that. A Sean Wotherspoon.
0: <laughs> imagine a Sean Wotherspoon Adidas 500. Jesus Christ, it will have all sorts of weird bits on there and sh- part of it all like... React yeah. with the sunlight, and I yes, don't know, it just still be know, it'll you be still know weird. some
1: people that buy it, though. You still know some people that buy it.
0: Shout out the baddest bitch in Barrow, but oh, um, yes. but yeah, like it, you are that is really interesting, actually. I hadn't thought about that. Like, technically, you mm. could just have any of these, you could have an Ivy Park Yeezy 350. Like, that's a weird idea, isn't it? Like, you're having a Beyonce yeah. Kanye West shoe. And I know Ivy Park isn't the biggest collaborator for Adidas, but like, I'm just thinking about you could have a like Pharrell human made Mm. Yeezy 750. Like, do you know what I mean? All of a sudden, the weird and wonderful like dream world collaborations could be very, very bizarre. But on the other end of that, will these designers want to do that? If Adidas approaches Jerry Lorenzo for example, mm. and says, we want you to do a 350. I wonder how Jerry Lorenzo would feel about that. Like that's the, the part mm. that it w- actually, will these designers be like, look, I don't want to touch it because it's not mine. Um, yeah. So it's, yeah, very, very interesting. There is another piece of Adidas news um, that you were a little bit interested in uh, this week. Um, And that is that Adidas uh, have appointed a new CEO. Uh, And the reason why this is quite an interesting story is the CEO they have appointed is from rival company Puma. So uh, Adidas have appointed Bjorn Golden, um, the CEO of Puma, as its new chief executive um, and will take over in January following um, the split with Kanye so Golden will replace Casper Rosted, who was the previous CEO since 2016 um, who announced his departure in August um, this is really really interesting because just as we were talking there about how Adidas can be very very innovative with this Yeezy-esque product that they could be pushing out in 2023 uh, they also have the CEO of a brand that essentially does nothing these days um, <laughs> so this is where all of a sudden it, be- it can become a little bit interesting. I said a few weeks back before the Yay split um, that Adidas have turned into Puma this year. They literally have turned into Puma now. They have the person running Puma as their CEO. So it- it's going to be a little bit of an interesting one to see how product changes moving forward with this.
1: Yeah, I mean, to be fair to Puma, if I'm going to give them any form of props they've again in the kind of the terrace the classic like tennis shoe market puma have, have started to kind of pushing it again and they, they're they're bringing out some really nice models and i think it is piquing the interest of that market which adidas is clearly doing well in at the moment however is that enough to warrant bringing in someone like because th- yeah this is I don't want to say it, it feels like a step backwards, but you have got essentially, you know, a, a brand that is being left behind by the likes of New Balance, Nike. I mean, as I said earlier, even Saucony are pushing out better runners than they are at the moment, and um, and you you bring in a guy from Puma, it, it does it does feel like a step backwards. It might be wrong. I might. They might completely prove me wrong, and he might, you know, kind of absolutely smash it. But it does seem. It doesn't feel like a move that has the kind of the vision and the the desire to become a top player again. It doesn't feel like one of those ambitious moves. It, it yeah. feels very much like a. Yeah, we're here now. And
0: True. Um, but you also don't know in regards to sometimes new bloods or fresh bloods can mean um, new and fresh ideas. You never know. But, yeah, no, I definitely, I completely and utterly agree. Um, it, it seems like uh, the only reason why this is kind of controversial in any sort of way is because of the history of Puma and Adidas, right? You are correct. Both of them have a really good heritage when it comes to terrace shoes. And actually, are we going to see Adidas maybe push that a little bit more? um you never know um but i don't see it happening because if you look at both brands both of them dabble a bit in terrace shoes a bit in runners both of them at the minute are producing fairly poor runners both of them are producing quite nice terrace shoes Mm -hmm. um both of them end up doing questionable collaborations at times like it's it, oh, yeah, yes. we don't know. But it is just one person. There's still going to be a whole team around them. We don't know how much this is going to shake, uh, shake up the company. We shall see um, in the coming weeks, months, years, as uh, Bjorn continues to operate and run the helm of Adidas. Um, <laughs> but with that, we're out of news. Okay, so, um, Scott, we are out of of the Shoes Rounds studio now. We're back in the Doubled Up podcast studio. And with that, we're going to move on to our second segment of the episodes, And that is Double Up, Double Down. Um, every single week, we spend a little bit of time looking at some future releases. We pick a Double Up, a shoe that we like, a Double Down, a shoe that we dislike, and a sleeper pick, uh, a pair that we think is going to get a little bit lost amongst the hype. Scott, you are taking this segment this week. So I'll pass over to you for Double Up, Double Down.
1: Thank you very much. Um, There's only really one choice for Double Up this week. Um, I I feel like it would be an utter travesty to kind of pick anything else um, that's releasing this week. So releasing on the 19th of November, coming in at £165, we have the Air Jordan 1 lost them, found, or as they're listed on sneakers app, the Chicago's. Um, What is there to say about this shoe? Um, It is a Chicago colorway, but they have put a phenomenal twist and story on this shoe. So while it is a Chicago colorway, it comes with a very special box, mismatched kind of lid to the box. Um, With the story that they are lost in a mom-and-pop shop and were found again. And back in the day, they didn't come with all these lovely pre-made boxes. It was, like I say, you just kind of put them in what you could find. And, you know, if you've got a mismatched lid, great. Paper inside, again, covered in lots of retro vintage um, Jordan adverts. And it even comes with a lovely old-school receipt in the box, handwritten by the owners of the shop with paid um the shoe itself is like i say it is a chicago there are a few twists in this one so the red leather nice smooth as you would expect however the white and the black leather around the toe box and around the ankle area are the cracked leather that we've seen on many of the pairs they've done um it is a leather not a suede this time um which seems to be where they do the cracks often is on the suede pairs but yeah just to give it this real vintage look um they look i mean they look amazing it's a chicago um And the thing is, when we saw Chicago Reimagined, I think everybody initially kind of went, oh. Everyone kind of got
0: excited and shit their pants all at the same time because we saw Chicago Reimagined. And that word reimagined made everyone go, oh, crap. don't don't, don't, don't reimagine it. Yeah, (laughs) the minute these pictures came out and all of a sudden they went, no, 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 it's called The Lost and Found, everyone went, Jesus Christ, give me 20 of them. Like, that's as soon as it happened. Everyone was like, "Yep, sign me up. I am there. Sold. Like, all. Yeah. yeah."
1: And and uh, on the kind of on the release of this, um, you can expect there to be a shit ton of pairs. Um, yeah. Offspring have done regional collection, which doesn't happen it, unless, unless it's, it's a, quite a widespread release. Um,
0: You've also seen pairs available, like if you look at some of the the, the, the kind of. Shops that are expected to sell these, you've got size, uh, you've got the normal JD. Of end, JD, yes that's normally, JD. That's normally where you can kind of expect that this is going to be a fairly readily available shoe. When you have those, like mm. it wouldn't surprise me if we have like the well goshes of the world and things like this that are going to have pairs popping up, like you just, yeah, don't, yeah it's, it's going to be one yeah. of those types of things. We, we've
1: We've seen, we mentioned it last week, a lot of people we know were getting DMs from Offspring saying congratulations on the win. It was a lot of people. A lot of people. Um, For a Chicago, I think everybody was envisaging when the Chicago re-released, it would be impossible to get. I mean, I got a pair of... um, the la to chicago's and rubbed it away because i was like i'm never getting a chicago pair it's just not going to happen it's not something that i ever envisaged and the fact they're essentially rumors are and to be fair evidence seems to back it up these are a gr this is not a limited release this is a gr and potentially in a lot of people's eyes the shoe of the year the shoe of the year is a gr um, so when it comes to round to the end of the year and everyone's like, "What's your GR of the year?" That's a good question. It's not a good question this year because this immediately <laughs> falls into the category.
0: Yeah, that's quite a good way of looking at it. Well, this kind of um, release made me kind of have a little bit of a think earlier, and this I almost submitted my own question to uh, the question of the week this week. And with this shoe releasing as you said, releasing on what the, the 19th of November, 165 pounds, which is kind of to be expected with a Jordan one at the minute. And where we kind of know that there's going to be a lot of these shoes releasing. It made me think normally with shoes, less supply equals more demand. Exclusivity drives hype Mm -hmm. with shoes. There are of course, some outliers, this being one of them, right? Um, What other shoes do you think have the same effect? Like, what other shoes do you reckon if they were to release and Nike just had shitload of them, people would still be happy about it? Because we see it all the time where we see too much of something and everyone goes, oh, I don't like it now. Everyone's got it. But that isn't happening with this shoe. Do we think there are any other shoes that the same thing could happen with?
1: Um I think we have seen it. I think with the Air Max 90, the infrareds when they dropped, that was a big release. And I think people were happy. I think these OG colorways, it has to be said it. uh, We said it when, when the 90 released that, you know, these OG colorways that people kind of go mad about blitz them, make them readily available because people want them. Um, And I think, you know, the demand for this shoe is has always been crazy and then you've had so many more people become, you know, influenced by shoes that the demand was even greater. The fact they've done it in this way is crazy, but I think the OGs, I think in all of the colourways, in all the models (gasps) Pardon me, I think if it was you know, shadow ones. I think if you release them in big numbers, I think people would probably be the same. Chicago's breads, um, and I think the thing is, if they do something like this, I mean, this is it is a uh, widespread release, but they have kind of done a bit of a twist on it. Yeah, I I think I, th- I think it's just the the OGs. I think it would be difficult because I think with the collabs, say if you sit, put a, like a Travis Scott into the mix. I think people are quite fleeting, and people, if they did make massive numbers, people would go, "Oh, I don't want them."
0: Um, See with the Air Trainer be... One. Some people that have that Air yeah. Trainer One love it, but a lot of people, because it's readily available and doesn't resell for a lot of money, and actually, yeah. like they've had a couple of restocks of it, a lot I of mean, people aren't interested in it anymore.
1: Even this pair, like, I yes, I I want a pair because it, it's a beautiful, beautiful shoe. It's fantastic. However there is this big bit of me, and this is kind of the ficulty of it all, is there is a big bit of me that's like, but every fucker's going to have this shoe. Like, if I go to, yeah. like, sneaker con, how many people am I going to see wearing the fucking Walking Chicago's? With, yeah. Because it's... Just, and I guess it's one of the reasons I, I would, like I say, with the Sorkinies come up a lot this episode, but the, because nobody would have them. Um, so there is a point, like I say, a classic's a classic, and a good shoe's a, a good shoe, and this is... But yeah, I, I I can only really think of the OGs. I think they're the only ones. That I, think I think it has to be. You... It's
0: retros, isn't it? It's retros. Like maybe not necessarily OG colorways as well, like the, the, the originals, because we also saw this with the Bacon um, a little while ago as well, like the Bacon mm-hmm. 90. That released mass numbers. I think you were the only person on the planet that didn't get a pair initially. <laughs> and yeah. again, people love it still. Like, yeah, okay, there was a little bit. Some people didn't like the quality control on it, but no one moaned that there was too many pairs. Like, but everyone just moaned that they had blue biro on it. Do um, you
1: think if we're saying this now because it hasn't happened before, if they released it in, say, another three, four years and they did another big GR drop, do you think we'd say the same thing? Do you think we'd go, yeah, yeah that's specif- great? Or specifically about think, the bacon? Um, any of these. So, okay, we'll take the Chicago's. If they dropped the Chicago in similar fashion massive gr in say three years time do you reckon everyone would still be as hyped on it then because they've already picked up these pair now
0: i think so because i think if if uh, and it really depends on whether it came out of the blue or not because we also saw this okay granted it isn't three years it's more like five years Mm. but we also saw this with like fire red threes that is a lot of people that picked up the fire red three this year that had previous iterations of the shoe and they're like well the old one's just a beater now Like there's, I think if this released in three years time, people will just be like, yep, give me another pair because I'll just beat the shit out of the old one. Like there are still some people that have like 2015, like Chicago Jordan 1s and now their 2015s will become beaters and these will become the nice to haves. Again, there'll be people like you that have the LA to Chicago that have rubbed it off to make them Chicago's and they'll become beaters now and these will become the nice ones. There's always going to be that person that either doesn't have a Chicago or only owns a pair of Chicago's and all of a sudden it becomes a beater, right? Like, I know it's not the same, but me two weeks ago buying the Terrell um, Winston Club C's I only bought them because it now means that I can beat the shit out of my Pata Club C's. Like, I've got two white uh, Club Cs that are basically the same shoe, (laughs) and I'm happy to buy them even just a year apart. I bought those shoes a year apart, and I'm happy to do that because it means I can just beat one and keep the other one nice. So I think Mm. with these kind of colorways, people will always be happy to rebuy. But I completely agree with you. I think it's only the iconic colorways. I wouldn't even say OG because of the fact that there are going to be some outliers but I think it's only the most iconic of iconic colorways that you can get away with mass release mm. and people are still happy with. Think like Bread Yeezy 350s that happened recently. There was loads of those around and people loved it because it's a Bread 350. Yeah. Um, again, the Bacon 90s, the Infrared 90s, the Silver Bullets that as of day of recording this podcast haven't quite released yet. But loads of people are really loving the fact they get a new pair of Silver Bullets and they only released, what, in 2017? Mm. So... I think there's always going to be, people are always going to want these iconic colorways over and over and over and over and over again.
1: Yeah, and I'll give props to Nike and Jordan on this because they've created they've, a story where it didn't need to. Yeah, and they've they've arguably made this shoe better um, than just doing a standard Chicago release, which I I, you know, I think a lot of people probably wouldn't imagine they'd ever say, but I do think they've they've done the perfect spin on this variant of the shoe yeah. so massive props um to Nike and Jordan um yeah fair play um but moving on to the double down and a pair that they definitely have not done the perfect spin on this shoe because one the shoe shouldn't fucking exist in the first place and two holy fucking shit what were they smoking when they decided to do this Um, the Air Jordan 1 utility, the bum bags, the, uh, the stash pockets, the parachutes. I mean, they're calling this neutral olive, but I'm looking at this as fucking a gold and silver, essentially big shiny pair of stash pocket, bum bag, parachute, Jordan 1s. Good Lord above, um... I uh, I can't even describe this shoe it just I will put pictures up and google it but the 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 iteration of the I mean the shoe itself is appalling and the fact they've decided to do it in this colorway in these materials they're, they're some somebody somewhere is it's all it feels like they're doing the supreme thing of like what do you reckon we can do what can we put our logo on and people will still buy it like yeah, i reckon i could do it on a brick i bet they'd buy a brick that's what it feels like with this shoe what could we do to a jordan and still make people buy it well <laughs> we we could pimp it out and put some bum bags on it
0: um the only person that should ever wear this shoe is the gold power ranger um and no. That's that's all I want to say. Is quite frankly, I'm, I don't want to talk about this shoe. Like I, very I, few I, shoes I... that we do for Double Down that I just flat out don't want to acknowledge. And I want to go to sleep tonight thinking that this shoe doesn't exist and won't ever exist. So because of that, I'm doing like you know what little kids when they like don't want to hear something and they stick their fingers in their ears and just go la 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 la. That's what I'm going to do until you stop talking about this shoe.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I mean. Our good friend Ozzy Damo might like them. They come with sail laces, so who knows. Um, but um, we'll move on to our sleeper pick for the week. And uh, I think we're both quite happy that this sleeper pick has, has come around. Um, Talking about smoking uh,
0: something, Scott.
1: Oh, yes. Um, good friends of the podcast, Dizygotic, are releasing another colourway in the Project Alpha, this time a collaboration with none other than Cheech and Chong, labelled a journey from 4.20 to 7.10. So Diyagotic, um the Project Alpha, celebrates both 4.20 International Cannabis Day and 7.10 National Dab Day. Oil upside down with um, boundary breaking cannabis counterculture legacy of Cheech and Chong. If you don't know who Cheech and Chong are, they were kind of yeah, came around in the 70s, big in the kind of the hippie scene, so to speak. Very much in the kind of the cannabis counterculture that was around then, kind of fighting the power. Very funny, guys. Um, their film, um, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. If you haven't watched it, a nice throwback. Um, but yes, the. Gothic. they originally came up with the concept um, on April 20th, 420, um, and they de- finished developing the prototype and originally showcased the shoes to Cheech Chong on July 10th, 710, um, in Los Angeles, California. And the campaign pays tribute to Cheech and Chong accomplished and what they accomplished um, kind of within the past few decades, mainly surrounding cannabis, which is in itself cool concept. Um, the release, I mean, if you haven't seen the project alpha um shoe absolutely fantastic the presentation and everything quality second to none um but what they've done to this shoe this time is they've created another mismatched um this time in a much bolder way because the whole idea of dizygotic the same but different you can look at the shoes and they are different but it's very subtle in the differences not so much this time because there's one shoe for cheech and one shoe for chong um So this time it comes with mismatched yellow and blue design with a kind of red suspenders and denim, um, which indicates the iconic outfits that Cheech and Chong dressed in in the movies. The velvet shoe lining reflects this kind of the colourful car dashboards that again became iconic in the movies. And um, yeah, apart from the the Cheech and Chong embroideries, the heel, um, one has a paisley fabric. You know me, big fan of paisley. That's a tick in my book. And corduroy on the other. Again, another tick to showcase um, Tommy Chong's headband and Cheech's beanie. Um, printed across the insoles, Cheech and Chong's famous lowrider and big green van elements, including car decals and license plates, etc. And this has to be one of my favourite parts the of The greatest
0: shoe. part of this shoe <laughs> is not even part of the shoe.
1: Like, the shoe itself is phenomenal and absolutely beautiful. However... As with any pair of shoes that you get, quite often you get a nice paper insert to kind of stuff the shoe and keep the shape. (laughs) The paper inserts for this are the quarter pounder joints inspired by one of the funniest scenes in any kind of cannabis comedy. We will post images, but literally they are massive joints that have been stuffed inside the shoes and it incredible <laughs> it, it, with a label on each this is not a quarter pounder joint but the, the the attention to detail on this is absolutely phenomenal like the shoes themselves are quality they're absolutely beautiful in their design and it's just everything about this i mean they're they're made of premium top grain picks when pigskin suede uppers again suede toe box um, embroideries of Cheech and Chong on their respective shoes kind of left and right mismatched color design asymmetrical um, kind of design if you've seen the shoes like I said we'll put pics up and everything because our descriptions can't really do them justice these are one an incredibly uninspect uh, unexpected collab These have been featured on the likes of Complex, um, Sneaker Freaker Mag, Nice Kicks, because Cheech and Chong are that iconic. And uh, it's just absolutely brilliant. um, And it's one of those that, yeah, they are a, um, in terms of brands, they are an up and coming brand, but my God, are they up and coming? And just, yeah, apps. Honestly, when I saw the joint inserts... I I was sold <laughs> like immediately sold just absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, I mean they've they've definitely killed it again. Like and this is the thing we had Dasogothic at the beginning of the year um on the podcast for their first project alpha um release uh, the, the the two shoes um Scott and I both got a pair each different pairs each and we absolutely, absolutely love them. Um I I can't think of a shoe brand that is better at storytelling than Dizergotic, like they really do pride themselves on just creating such attention to detail. Like you said, silly little things like everything on this shoe has a specific purpose. Something that might initially look like a oh, maybe blue and yellow just go well together. No, 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 it's because. In the movies, one of them's basically wearing double denim, hence why you've got a lighter and darker blue. The other is wearing a yellow tank top with red suspenders. Again, that's why it is yellow with red on there. Um, And it's just the attention to detail is absolutely amazing. Um, What I will say, if anyone wants to pick this up, the shoe itself is actually releasing again. It might seem like an obvious one, but it's releasing 4.20 p.m. Pacific time. So (laughs) linking into the shoe there on um the 17th of november retail is high at $267 um, but when you get these shoes in hand you'll know why it's $267 um, these are all like i said premium if you're going to spend that if you're going to spend that on a made in new balance uh, like a made in usa new balance this is going to give you that and more so p- the attention and, uh... to details the boxes everything like if you want to hear about the design and and their incredible mind behind shoes Go back and listen to the first um, the, the the podcast that we had with them because there's only so much we can do to try and get you onto the Dazzogotic bandwagon, But trust me, when you're on there, you're going to want to be on there for good. Um, but yeah. yeah, really, really happy for these guys. Amazing collaboration. And the one thing I will say is, my brother has been messaging me since I got the other pair. Um, like, <laughs> I-, I-, I want a pair of Dazzogotics. Like, why? That like for him, they're a little bit out of his price range. Bless him um but he honestly every single time he's like I want a pair of those diagotics and I sent him a yeah. message yesterday like they're bringing out another shoe it's inspired by Chee and Chong it's like it's inspired by 420 and he went oh god i bet it's rubbish it's a weed shoe and the reason why i said that is because weed shoes can just be incredibly crap like yeah yeah like so that they can when you're inspiring something based on 420 Sometimes you can go too literal with the inspiration, and it can just be something with like cannabis things, plant, like cannabis plants planted all over it. Um, it's a really, really good way of creating something 420 inspired without it being like a scream in your face. If you saw someone wearing these, you wouldn't immediately think, oh, that's 420 inspired or it's a Cheech and Chong collaboration. But when you break it down, it's incredibly thought about. So, yeah, mm-hmm. congratulations to the guys at Daz have got And also, they're all just really nice guys. So, go and support the them friends, They're fucking um, amazing.
1: In terms of price, I mean, I know the price is high. Um, like I say, we have stated they are worth it. Like, don't bat an eyelid at that. But if you are wondering because they're coming from the States that you'll get stung with duties and customs and that the guys there have factored that into everything so you won't be kind of stung with any nasty surprises when they come um they did kind of sort that the first time because they knew that would be an issue for customers over here so they've thought about everything don't you worry don't you worry
0: Well, talking about, I mean, we did just say there that this shoe is a little bit expensive. Um, It is going to be someone that wants quality over quantity. But if you are someone that just wants a pair of kicks uh, for a cheaper price, um, moving on to our Steel of the Week this week. And Scott, I've uh, picked the Steel of the Week this week. Based on um, previous pair that I kicked up, uh, picked up, sorry, and that is the, uh, the 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 Club C that I mentioned a moment ago, the Reebok Times uh, Taro Winston Club C. However, when he released the Club C, he also released this shoe, the shoe that is. The steal of the week this week is the Reebok Times Tyrell Winston Question Mid in the white and black colourway. You can find this shoe on end in their uh, mid-season sale for £79, reduced from £130. So we are kind of as close to 50% off almost as we can. Currently, as we're recording this podcast, there is uh, there are sizes Sorry, all the way from a UK 6 up to a UK 11, including half sizes. So definitely there's a lot of availability for this shoe. The Question Mid is iconic. The white and black colourway is iconic but very very similar to the club c um they have made this shoe even better with the tyrell winston um kind of collaboration and if i could pull off a question Mid Scott. I'd already probably have a pair. Um, One of the things we were talking about actually before recording the episode is as much as I'm saying this is the steal of the week and go and get a pair from End for £79, anyone that knows anything about End um, sales, they're probably going to get an extra 10 to 20% off in a few weeks' time. So if you really, really want them, grab them now at a good price. If you can hold out and stock isn't selling quickly, you might be able to get them even cheaper in a week or two. Normally... After a little bit of sale time, and normally send out like a discount code to people saying, "Oh, here, have an extra twenty percent off for twenty four hours." So mm-hmm. you might be even you might be able to get it at an even greater price.
1: Yeah, no, agreed. Um, I mean, I mentioned them last week. I think they're a very very nice shoe. Um, yeah, if you can uh, pull off the question mid, absolute steal. Um, and like I say, if they're anything like the um, the other collaboration that they did. Um, We'll certainly be up there quality-wise. So, uh, yeah, well worth a look.
0: And with that, we're going to move into our final segment of today. And, Scott, we have a game. Um, You actually came up with this game uh, this week. Um, The game we are playing is the comparison game again. Right, Scott. So as I mentioned, you were the one that put this game forward this week. I sent a little message earlier saying, what game do you fancy playing? I thought I'd I'd give you the power um, this week after your embarrassing silhouette game last week. Um, And you said, let's do the comparison game, specifically a WWE edition. Uh, Anyone that's been listening to the podcast for a few months now, you'll know that me and Scott love a little bit of wrestling. Um, And this actually came from a conversation we had on a group chat where I compared Roman Reigns to a Chicago Jordan 1. There needs to be more context to that conversation. Anyone that's a wrestling fan might disagree with me. But anyways, that's where this kind of conversation started of me comparing a wrestler to a shoe. So what we're going to do, if you've never heard us play the comparison game before, what we are going to do is I have prepared five iconic wrestlers. Don't worry, I'm not going to pull any niche indie wrestlers out for you guys who aren't wrestling fans. These are all not only wrestlers, but also pop icons that we are about to uh, kind of Or or popular culture, if I can get my words out, you know what I mean. People that you know, you've heard of these people before. (laughs) I just can't talk today. They're fucking famous. They're fucking famous and make lots of money, so you know them. Even if you don't like wrestling, all right. Um, I've got five of these very popular um, public figures, Scott. Um, All we need to do is tell the listeners which sneaker we think compares to that wrestler. Are you ready to play the game? I am indeed. also realised, pun intended there with the Triple H reference. Triple H is not on our <laughs> list, unfortunately. Um, anyways, we are starting out um, with a very, very popular wrestler, Scott. I thought we'd start with kind of a, an obvious one almost, and then we'd maybe mix in a one or two more challenging ones as we go along. And that is, of course, this week's or last week's guest for sneaker shopping, good old Stone Cold Steve Austin, the Rattlesnake, uh, 316 um, I'm going to let you have a little bit of a think of these, Scott, because I've been able to prepare some answers here and you haven't. Um, the sneaker that I think is the comparison to Stone Cold Steve Austin is the Nike Air Max 90. Oh, sorry. Do apologize. Air Max 1. Sorry. Do apologize. I was, I was tossing up between the two. There's a reason for this. The reason why I'm saying Stone Cold Steve Austin is the Air Max 1 Is because if we think about what the Air Max 1 was, when Tinker Hatfield first came up with the Air Max 1, it was incredibly groundbreaking. It was a little bit of a rebellious move. It was something that shouldn't have worked, that really, really worked. If we think about the Air Max 1, Scott, when it first came out, it was the first shoe of its kind to show the air bubble. Um, And it also came in at the time a very risque colourway, right? with the Anniversary Red and things like this. So that is exactly what I think of when I think of Stone Cold. When I think of Stone Cold, it is a fuck the system, a rebel at heart that realistically, when the character was first created, shouldn't have worked and all of a sudden became one of the biggest things in wrestling, right? International fame. And people are still Stone Cold Steve Austin fans to this day, very much like the Air Max one with its anniversary in 2022. So because of Tinker Hatfield's rebellious nature, I'm picking the Air Max 1 as the comparison for Stone Cold Steve Austin.
1: No, that's good. Similar thinking to me, actually. um, But I went with the 95. Similar similar reasoning, because, you know, the 95, it it came around, it's big, it's aggressive. It kind of feels like it shouldn't have got over because it wasn't like anything that came out but it did and even now people still reference the 110 they still reference the number and you got the 316 but also it's one of those that i feel like yeah people still have these really fond memories back of what it was and the the naughtiness that they used to get up to in this shoe and uh
0: yeah, that's, Austin, a, that's a Austin bit was a of very, stone cold. Uh, naughty boy, yes. Also, you could definitely indeed. stomp a mud hole and walk it dry in a pair of uh, Air Max Ninety Fives for sure. Um, I like both of those picks. Moving on to number two, um, this is the. the I kind of gave you a little bit of a clue to this one, uh, Scott. When we before we hit record, I needed your help with this one, and I hope that uh, I want to thank you for your help. Um, number two, we have mankind. <laughs> okay, um, for anyone that doesn't know Mankind, have a little bit of a Google, but is essentially one of the egos or alter egos of good old Mick Foley, Cactus Jack, right? Um, the Mankind character is a little bit of a sick and twisted character. The idea here is that he was very neglected and there's lots of internal trauma. And because of this kind of weirdness and internal trauma that Mankind suffered as part of his character, during the time he became incredibly popular um, he was one of the biggest stars at the time, despite the fact that he was really not supposed to be a big star. He was just supposed to be a weirdo. So much so that he used to shout mummy when he got hit in the ring. So that shows how weird of a character this is. But he'd become the world champ and everyone loved mankind. For that reason, the shoe that I've picked, the Vapor Max. A shoe that is really fucking ugly, but when it came out, Everyone loved it, and that's the only reason why I'm picking it for mankind.
1: Yeah, um, I, I feel like I might get kind of chastised for this, but I'm going with the Jordan One Miz. <laughs> what? So, as you said, he he was he was one of the many personalities of Mick Foley, and. You've got the high, you've got the low, you've got the mid. There's different versions of the same thing, but the mid is the weird one in the middle that nobody should like. It's it generally they're poor, generally they're they're, they're just an ugly weird thing. Um, but for some reason, they're it's arguably at this moment in time the most popular of the three. Um, not to mention most people that are buying them are shouting mummy when they're running to ask for the uh, <laughs> money to buy a pair. So, yeah, I feel like it fits quite nicely.
0: I tell you what, I actually, um, I like your version better. And all I'm going to say from this is I'm assuming now that Cactus Jack is the high and Dude Love is the low, because that's the only order that I can possibly think the three yeah. characters are being in, yeah. Um, Although
1: I'm pretty sure Dude Love was high pretty much all the time.
0: Probably. Well, at least it seemed to be anyways. Um, all right. Moving on to number three, we have uh, good old John Cena, um, a bit more of a modern day uh, wrestler. But I think everyone knows at this point, uh, John Cena. Scott, we're going to have to insert John Cena uh, entrance music right now. Um, but yeah, John Cena, the the modern day legend, the 16 time champ uh, drawing uh, Ric Flair as that record holder um Scott because of John Cena and the fact that the one thing with a lot of these characters that we are going that we're talking about today they evolved over time stone cold was not always stone cold as we know him mankind was not always mankind the other superstars that we're going to talk about were not always the same way john cena has basically been the same dude from the beginning minus the rapping that he did when he first became popular. But anyways, um, John Cena, for the majority of of his career, has been the same cookie cutter John Cena. He has been a staple on WWE television. And because of that, I'm going for the Air Force One. The Air Force One is a staple in every shop shoe that a triple white Air Force One will forever be popular. Some people might hate it, just like John Cena. Some people might live and die by it. But it's always going to be there. And that is what John Cena is. Good old reliable. You know what? Um,
1: Again, I I could be chastised for this. Um, I think he's a croc. Sorry, what? I'll tell you why. Um, Because he's boring as fuck, any? Like, (laughs) he's so dull. (laughs) But at the same time, people love him or people hate him very much like a croc plus not to mention regardless of how boring and as you said he is reliable god you miss him when he's gone and I missed my crocs when they left me so uh, I I think you know it's one of those you don't know what you've got until it's gone and And I I think it's there
0: you could also argue that when John Cena turned on his five moves of doom that is the equivalent of turning John Cena into sport mode as you would a croc (laughs)
1: <laughs> it's when he when he when he introduced the sixth move of Doom, it's like adding, adding a gibbet to your croc. It's <laughs> yeah, just the...
0: No, that's the Salehi croc. The sixth <laughs> move of Doom was the Salehi it was the Pollock or whatever the fuck it's the, called, the, the, the Pollock croc.
1: The punch that never connected. And uh... there was some weird backstory as to I learnt it in a Japanese dojo and it hits a nerve and can kill you in it. Fuck off. <laughs>
0: It's... He just couldn't be bothered. he just couldn't be bothered to pick anyone up above his head and throw him on the floor anymore. He's like, it's "Fuck stupid. it! If I just do this weird and wonderful punch, I don't have to lift anyone up." It's um, so fucking mad. Well, there we go. I, I do kind of like it. I feel like you're winning with this game at the minute, Scott, because of the weird factor. But sure, I, yeah, I'll, I'll take it. I'm liking your ideas more than mine. Um, number four, we are going with arguably the greatest wrestler of all time for a lot of people, um, and. Just because, again, you saying that you might be chastised for saying a couple of things that you've said, I might be chastised for saying that because some people will argue there's a gazillion different greatest wrestlers of all time. The Undertaker, right? The Phenom, the Dead Man, um, everything else that he's been, right? And for this shoe, I found Undertaker very, very difficult to think of for a shoe, and I don't know why, but I've settled with a Vans Old School. And the reason for it is really just because when you think of who The Undertaker is, he's gone from Deadman, where he's supposed to be this kind of weird supernatural creature, but he's also been a biker and he's also been like the... the all these different kind of versions of himself to keep relevant over the years. One minute he was this kind of cult leader with the Ministry of Darkness, and then all of a sudden he's coming out to fred durst on a harley <laughs> um, and it doesn't really make any sense but Keep somehow rolling, everyone rolling, loved him. and rolling. again that's what i mean i feel like the van's old school is very moldable like that right like you can make that van's old school into anything you can beat it up and it can be american badass undertaker you can have some sort of weird color on it to make it a bit like original undertaker with the mask and the purple gloves you can kind of make it a little bit dark and gloomy to be more of the ministry of darkness i think that the, because of the, how moldable the vans old school is and it can work very very well beat up but it can be very very good prim and proper i feel like that's very undertaker-esque
1: yeah yeah no i'd, I'd agree with that um I, i'm gonna go down a different route Of course, um, you are. because i never never take the normal rose um I, i'm gonna go with a doc martin Doc Martin boot.
0: That makes sense. Yeah, I can completely it, it d- see that.
1: From an aesthetic point of view, it would make sense. But Undertaker, also, yep. you know, if you're going one on one with the Undertaker player, you've you're going for a challenge, and I reckon if you if you you've got to work yourself up to get on a pair of Doc Martins and go through that world of hurt that you're going through in that one where. So uh, yeah, I, I feel like. Um, I, I just yeah. The second the second you said Undertaker, for some reason it popped in my head, and I was like, damn, yeah, it's um, yeah. I remember when Teddy Long decided to block everybody on Twitter for no apparent reason? That was a weird time.
0: <laughs> as, as soon as I heard Undertaker and Player, instantly my brain went to every single Friday night SmackDown where whoever pissed off <laughs> Teddy Long that week was, and you're going one on one with the Undertaker every single week. The Undertaker yeah. never had a match until the day of, apparently, and he was just used as Teddy Long's personal like "you've pissed me off, get get the shit kicked out of you." That, but anyway, that, sorry, that this is becoming too much, much of a <laughs> yeah. yeah the, the, this is becoming too much of a wrestling segment. We we said we didn't want to try and make this too niche to try and include everyone, Scott, and now all of a sudden we've got Teddy Long references flying around. Um, anyways, we are going to finish with um, uh, uh, someone that we have spoken about in previous episodes on this podcast because um, this was the wrestler. That when we spoke about um, our favourite celebrities, um, I phoned Hannah up halfway through the podcast, and we asked her, "Matt, uh, Hannah, who is Matt's favourite celebrity?" And instantly, she said, "The Rock." We are finishing with the great one, Scott, the Brahma Bull, the who I would say the greatest because it's The Rock, <sighs> and I fucking love The Rock. Go on, then. What do you think? What do you think? <sighs> I found this so, It so doesn't matter what <laughs> you think! Oh, I was waiting for that. I should have seen that one coming. I should have seen that one coming. Um, I've gone down a different route with this selection than any of the others. And I've purely based my decision on The Rock now slash kind of when he first broke into his character so for anyone that doesn't know the rock before he became the rock the great one he was rocky malvea and he was fucking hated everyone hated him it wasn't until he came back as the rock that all of a sudden he um kind of became popular and some of the stuff that he would say and that the, the the kind of interviews that he would have were always a little bit kind of edgy and not necessarily something that we anticipated from the product um and now of course he's like the most popular man in the world and wherever he goes everyone wants him um and for that reason i've gone for the yeezy 350 v2 um i just think at like over the last couple of years any country in the world wants 350s you see them at the gym you see them high streets you see them fashion shows doesn't matter where you are in the world you are probably within a mile of at least 50 pairs of 350 v2s and likewise if you're anywhere in the world you are probably within a mile of 5 million rock fans so for that reason i'm going with the easy 352 because of the worldwide fame he has
1: um yeah I, i i think i probably have to agree on that um because it, it, it's, yeah, he he's he's there, he's inevitable. And even though you go, oh, the rocks in another film. Like, secretly, you kind of like the film and you want to watch it. And you yeah. probably do end up watching it. Not to mention, they basically, like, they can't do anything but play themselves in whatever they do. Like, it doesn't matter how they try and change it up. It always seems to be the same thing. Like it, even if they do some sort of weird collab in a film with somebody that you think, oh, this is really good. It's always the same fucking shoe, and always will be. I don't think there's ever a change. So, no, I, I'd agree. I'd agree with and that. And you've
0: also got to think a lot of people don't realise because of his international fame now, but The Rock actually wasn't a WWE wrestler for that long. I'm pretty sure he was only with WWE for seven years before he actually retired and yeah. went to um, the Scorpion do movies. King. Yeah, all of a sudden he was a Scorpion King, and likewise Yeezy he been around for about seven years, and then he fucked off from Adidas, didn't he? So That's there true. we go. Fits well. You
1: know what, I, I did quite a good job. I, I kind of wrote a couple of names down, kind of anticipating who you'd say, and there's only one on, on my list that I, I didn't actually, you didn't say, so I'm quite impressed.
0: All right, we've got time. Who have you got on there?
1: Ric Flair. Oh, Woo! Yeah. Shall, um, shall, I mean, I've got mine if who, you, you want to. I'll put down an Air Force One, because... Oh, Okay it's classy it's good and um, I think people keep them around like John Cena yeah and I think um, people keep them around for way too long and beat it into the fucking ground so um...
0: (laughs) (laughs) ah, just like poor Ricky (laughs) um (laughs) he wrestled this that. year
1: he wrestled this year he's like yeah and he almost had a cardiac
0: arrest so yeah definitely 100 it fits anyways on that note um i just want to say thank you for listening to the Double up podcast remember if you like this episode leave us a five-star rating and review and share the podcast with your friends and family make sure you follow at doubled up podcast on instagram and use hashtag doubled up pod to be featured on the instagram page you can also find me matt at matt underscore underscore on instagram scott tell the listeners where they can find you You can find me at underscore sneaker teacher. Speak to you next time, guys. Goodbye. Al wiedersehen.